welcome to The Scoop. I'm Dinah Jansen. On Tuesday, February 15th, Queen's University Principal and Vice Chancellor Patrick Dean announced the formation of a task force that will see university and local community members work together to find new approaches to address large and sanctioned gatherings in the university district. And with us in the segment to chat about this task force is Principal Patrick Dean. Welcome back to CFRC, Patrick, and thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Dinah. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. So we are talking about a new task force that is addressing large gatherings in the university district. Patrick, can we can we spend a few moments and learn from you what issues the community has brought forward to the university regarding these gatherings prior to and throughout the pandemic? Well, I think uh, this is a longstanding problem that has gone through different uh, guises over the years. But the basic issue is the uh, propensity of students to want to engage in parties, particularly street parties. And in the years before COVID, uh, this has been a, a very serious challenge to the neighborhood and to the preservation of order and, and um, happiness in the city when these gatherings have gotten out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm aware of you know much of the history of this having been here in the early 2000s, the early to mid 2000s, when Aberdeen Street became the focus for these events. Uh, so we've had a long-standing problem, which I should say has been not unique to Queen's in the years before COVID, but very much known as a problem here in Kingston uh, uh, in connection with uh, Queen's University. Mm-hmm. Then with uh, the arrival of COVID, the situation has become particularly uh, problematic and two things collide, I think. One, the very understandable and legitimate fear in the community that irresponsible behavior could have not only the normal consequences uh, that one expects it to have, but it could have far-reaching health consequences uh, for this uh, community more broadly. And I think that is one uh, element in the street party challenge that has been particularly difficult to deal with. And and that is to say, uh, people's fear about the consequences of this kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side of the ledger, as it were, um, I think one can also understand the pressure that young people have felt. Uh, there is a great deal of discussion nowadays about, broadly speaking, the mental health of young people in not only our country, but uh, around the world uh, during critical formative years being uh, required to Uh, live life in a very, very different way from what might have been normal before. So, you know, if you think of those two forces coming together, the unprecedented challenge of the pandemic uh, uh, in terms of the level of stress and concern in the community Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that other element, uh, stress and uh, a kind of uh, profound anxiety about their futures and the lives they're making amongst young people, these things come together in, I think, a potentially very difficult situation. And we saw uh, in the fall of last year, some manifestations of this difficulty in the street parties. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, I mean, we've, the university has recognized with the city uh, that these parties are undesirable and Uh, some solutions need to be found. But I think over the years, everybody's recognized, of course, that there's no easy solution to these things because uh, they are the result of 
uh, a number of forces, including the the effect of social media in in con convening groups. So it's uh, it's a long-standing problem that has uh, taken on a different form during COVID. And uh, you know, on all sides, I see um, very legitimate cause for concern. Obviously, in the community, uh, very um, understandable mm -hmm. uh, apprehension. And now, of course, we're looking towards uh, what we hope will be a final return to in-person uh, at the end of uh, February. And we hope that things thereafter will proceed. Uh, and by next fall, we will be back in something that looks like a, a normal uh, fall term uh, for, the, for the university. And in that context, it's particularly important for us to think about solutions, uh, to put in place some plans that will address these challenges or in some way mitigate them um, if they are uh, uh, unavoidable. With that in mind then, Patrick, can you talk about some of the approaches that Queen's University has hitherto taken to uh, prevent and address these large gatherings? And then also talk about what areas the task force's new approaches may seek to augment. I think, uh, you know, there've been a number of approaches that the university has taken over the years. And here, when I say the university, the, in most cases, we've worked very closely with student leaders uh, who've had a similar stake in wanting to, to curb or uh, re reduce the, the seriousness of these, these street parties. Um, and I, mean, I think everyone recognizes that uh, young people in concentrated numbers are going to want to party and enjoy themselves. And uh, most strategies over the years have been uh, uh, devoted to providing channels for that celebration or exuberance that are not as disruptive as parties on a public street. Uh, I, I think that's been uh, uh, an important part of the strategy. And I think when we've been effective, uh, it has been because we've been able to offer some kind of alternative event um, or outlets for the students so that um, uh, um, there are means by which they can socialize and enjoy themselves uh, that don't uh, throw the city or part of the city into chaos. The big difference with COVID, of course, uh, was that um, in the first year, of course, there, there was no possibility of gathering at all, even if one thinks of it, private gatherings, uh, and when there are limits on the, the ways in which young people can socialize, um, uh, it's a particularly potent cocktail. So uh, I know our students said to us, um, uh, the student leader said to us last fall that, you know, the best way we could address this is to provide uh, alternative outlets, more constructive outlets for students. And uh, obviously, that is one of the strategies that we will use. All right. So I like how you've already brought up uh, past work with uh, the student governments right here at Queen's University, the AMS in particular, but also the SGPS. Uh, who are the other stakeholders that will be taking part and contributing to this task force, Patrick? Well, I think um, most of the, the other constituencies who will be represented on the task force are parties with whom we've sought to partner in, in previous years as well. Obviously, we, are, we work very closely with City Hall always. We will continue to do so. We will work closely with the mayor on the task force. Um, we work with uh, emergency services in the city, city management itself, uh, law enforcement, and so on. These are all 
partners, and here again, I stress the importance of student leaders as partners, um, uh, that we'll bring together in the task force. I think what's, uh, well, first of all, what's different this time is that this is no longer uniquely a Kingston problem. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a broad, broad social phenomenon. Indeed, uh, I think one could name a number of municipalities that have seen even more disruptive behavior of this kind uh, over the last year or two. And there is a great deal of willingness in those places and in the universities that are involved in those cities uh, to get together and to pool our resources and learnings. We have a, a long, sadly, a long history of experience with this uh, kind of behavior and its ramifications for our community. Uh, but many other municipalities have been experiencing that too. So uh, there is that sense of a communal purpose and the potential for sharing uh, strategies and information that I think will help. The other, the other important thing to say about this task force is that, I mean, this, this is a long-term project. Obviously, you know, we want to be making a difference for when the students are back here <clears throat> at the end of February. We especially want to be making a difference when the students return in the fall. Um, but what we're after here is long-term uh, solutions and measures that will, will begin to blunt this acute problem um, uh, in not only this year, but in the years to come. So it's an ongoing process, a constructive dialogue with all those partners, informed by um, broader experience across the province um, and uh, seeking uh, to, to find permanent measures that will help us manage this, uh, this challenge. It's not, I think everyone needs to be realistic. Uh, uh, exuberant youthful behavior um, is not going to go away entirely. What we have to do is find ways uh, to be constructive with our students and help help them find ways to to socialize and to enjoy themselves that are not disruptive. And now for community members who may have never seen sat on a uh, task force before, what does that actually look like in terms of developing strategies and best, best practices? What does the process actually entail? Well, I think uh, a process of this sort is bound to occur on a number of levels. Uh, I, I plan to chair this task force because um, it's very important that we be thinking about strategy, you know, large scale strategy over the longer term. Uh, so on the task force, there will be uh, obviously people representing the different constituencies and partners, the community at large, uh, services, the city and so on. And then there's a the question once you, once you, you know, uh, review the, strategic alternatives, then there's the question of how you operationalize them. And so then at a different level, uh, we will have um, the services of pe people who are able to uh, put those strategies into practice. Um, so in, in other words, I suppose what I'm saying is that th there are many different levels at which people can get involved in this. I mean, members of the community can simply write to the task force through me uh, with suggestions. Uh, members of the task force itself will have ideas of their own and will canvas uh, their various communities and constituencies for more ideas. Um, we will seek out information, particularly from those other uh, municipalities, 
um, and bring it all to bear. And then, and then similarly, um, there will be different uh, levels of the university and different levels of the city and, and uh, uh, the healthcare sector that will be involved in, in uh, implementing whatever strategic um, uh, approaches seem uh, most desirable. Okay. And now what about timelines? I understand there are recommendations uh, intended to be produced by the early fall, but with the uh, deliverables afterwards regarding those recommendations, I wonder what oversights will also be in place to monitor the progress of their implementation. Well, the timeline is, uh, is obviously an important question. Although we have said that the task force will deliver its report and recommendations in September, um, it's not lost on me that we have the students back in town uh, on uh, February the 28th um, and uh, therefore the potential for more gatherings. We have the, the late August fall period. So all of this before we have formal recommendations. So one thing I would say is that measures that begin to recommend themselves during the process of developing our strategy or developing that final report, if we're able to implement them to address the immediate challenges uh, in the city, we will. Uh, so it's not just a matter mm -hmm. of you know, having a task force and then waiting until September and then deciding what to do about it. Where we have uh, obvious, obviously a course of action that is desirable, we, we will embark on it. Um, and then, as I said earlier on, it's very much an open-ended thing that um, once we decide on these strategies, we will, we will need to put them into practice so that they are there and permanently available to us on an ongoing basis. Uh, your question is an interesting one about how, I mean, how we will monitor that. I mean, in some ways, uh, I think everybody is, uh, has a, a very clear eye on what progress would look like here. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. it's not simply a met matter of measuring how many cases referred to our non-academic misconduct process by the police or by the city, although that is obviously one measure. And similarly, uh, the success we have in dealing with those is one measure. But that's, you know, that is to be very focused on the punitive. I think what, what uh, I, I think we all want to see is just a change in, in student culture, a change in the approach that students have to their place in the city. Um, and I think we will notice, we will see, it'll be unmistakable when the tenor of socializing changes and when the, the antisocial nature or impulse behind some of these parties uh, abates, um, I think it'll be very easy uh, to know that we're, we're making progress. Um, and of course, uh, you know, we our partners will be able to uh, give us an indication too of how they uh, view our progress through various kinds of proxy measures. Uh, you know, the the strain on the healthcare system, the strain on police services, uh, the strain on city uh, bylaw enforcement, and so on. Those are all uh, sources of data which will help us know whether we are making progress or not. Okay. Well, thank you very much for providing so much uh, detail on all of this for us, Patrick, even as the task force uh, begins to form itself in the coming weeks. Appreciate it. Do you have anything else to add before we close our segment today? 
No, th thanks, thanks, Dinah. I mean, um, well, maybe one thing just to say. I mean, I I am very sympathetic to the concerns of the community in this regard. I'm equally um, aware that COVID has been an unprecedented challenge and it's placed unprecedented pressure, uh, uh, mental and otherwise, on young people. And it's really important for us to find a solution to this, to find a solution to the problem that our community faces as a result of disruptive behavior. Uh, but we also have a long-term responsibility to find solutions uh, to the challenges that young people face that I think are going to be uh, some years uh, uh, in, in, uh, in, in remediation as a result of COVID. All right, thank you so much. Folks, we have been chatting with Principal and Vice Chancellor of Queen's University, Patrick Dean, about a new task force to address unsanctioned large gatherings in the university district. Thank you so much for joining us today, Patrick. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you. Uh, my pleasure, Dinah. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.